Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Are you ready? It's the Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Roundtable. If you're listening to us on the Broadway Podcast Network or you're watching us right here on YouTube, you know we have love for the Abington Theater folks. We are fans of Abington Theater. We love to have Abington Theater. And we also love Chelsea Table and Stage, where, you know, you may have seen me at Chelsea Table and Stage. You may have seen some of your favorite people over at the Chelsea Table and Stage. I would tell you, you're going to go see Divided over at, at, at Broadway and the Bowery at Chelsea Table and Stage, but there's like three tickets left. So if you don't jump and grab your ticket like this moment and grab a seat at the bar, you're going to miss out because there is like people, Broadway superstars, friends of our show, people we wish we could get on our show, you know, like Robert Cuccioli, you know, people like that who we love so much. So we have a, a great group of people. Jim Coney, welcome to the show. Hello. Luann Rosenfeld, welcome to the show. Kristen Rosenfeld, welcome to the show. Directors, writers, they do it all. Well, thank you for being here. Thanks for having us. So I want to know, Kristen and Luann, what is the show about? How did it come about? So the show is really about two friends who set out on a journey because they refused to accept the societal rules of their time. And so they're rebels, really. And uh, they go through war and go through lies and hatred and all sorts of, you know, the worst of life. And they come out victorious. And Kristen, whose idea is the show? How did it start? What, what, who, and how did you all connect and interweave together? So, well, obviously, I mean, my mom and I write together, so we've known each other for my whole life. Um, <laughs> but uh, the show came, we had been writing together since about 2008 and had written a few other projects. Um, but this project came about when I was actually sitting at dinner with some family friends who started telling a story about uh, one of their great grandmothers who was alive during the Civil War. And her parents met at the beginning of the Civil War. Her father was from the North. Her mother was from the South. They met, they fell in love, they had this child, they moved to the north to be with the father's family, um, and uh, as they tell the story, the father's family poisoned the mind, uh, poisoned his mind against his southern wife, and essentially drove her away back to the south keeping the baby with the father's family. So this young woman grows up her whole life believing that her mother was dead because this is what the family told her. And then much later in life, she discovers that maybe her mother is still alive. She goes on this journey to find out if she can find her mother, if she is alive, and ends up finding her. They ended up having a wonderful relationship later in their life. And... Um, 
yeah, so that was the true story of what really happened. And I heard this story at dinner and I texted my mom right away and I said, I know the next musical we have to write. So um, it's based on a true story. We've taken a lot of liberties with it. Um, and our story is really about the mother and her friendship um, with this other woman who in our story, is, it starts out as a slave to the Southern family. And these two young women become friends and go on this whole journey. And then it includes, you know, the, the mother-daughter relationship later on as well. Ooh, okay. Well, I was going to say, you know, the the life of the Civil War in Mississippi to Boston, va vastly different experiences and, and a story, uh, friendship, family, etc. Eleanor and Hannah, uh, the characters' names of the show. Jim, how did you get roped into this, and how, <laughs> and 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 what drew you to be a part of this project? Yeah. Um, well, Kristen and I had worked together on a, another new musical that she was. The music director for and I was choreographing that show at the time and so we got to work together a lot with dance arrangements and just underscoring and all kinds of things and I was just really impressed with how her brain works and I could basically just say whatever I needed and she was able to compose it almost on the spot or, or very quickly thereafter uh, and we were just very collaborative and I really enjoyed working with her and I had an opportunity to uh, submit a show to be done in a two-week uh, lab setting and so I, Kristen was one of the first people I thought of to be like, oh, I wonder if she's working on anything that she'd like to have, you know, here done. And so we, I called her and she's like, oh, I have a couple ideas, but I think you're going to like this one in particular. It's a civil war story told from the perspective of women and blah, 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 blah. So I, I read the script and, and loved it. And um, we submitted it. We, that script is the one that got selected. And so we did the two week reading of it. I think it was in 2018. Uh, and so I've been helping them ever since then, doing different readings and presentations of it, and and now this concert. And Luann, what is it like to now see that, it, you know, musicals take a long time to be birthed in this world. So this is the next phase of this, this musical. What is it like to be able to see it up on its feet at Chelsea Table and Stage in the coming weeks? Oh, we are so excited. I mean, first of all, Abingdon has been amazing. We love everybody over there. Um, and it's always the best to have it come to life because it's one thing to hear it in your head. And then it's a whole other thing to have amazing talent, have your words come out <laughs> of their mouths with beautiful voices and arrangements. And so we're very excited. Well, I'm, I am so excited because you, you got a cast, a cast, Kristen, a cast stacked Broadway people, stars, 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 stars. How did the casting of this process go and how did it end up with Abington? Like what, what did Abington see, say, do they cast it? Do they get a director? What, how does this work? We, we're so curious as the, as the building blocks to making this happen. Sure. Well, Jim, Jim is friends with Chad, the artistic director of Abingdon. And so that was the Abingdon connection was, you know, they knew each other. Jim said, hey, I have this show. I've been working on it for a few years. You know, he knew about their Broadway on the Bowery series, which is an awesome series that they do. And so he had actually brought it to their attention. And then we all got together. Um, you know, my mom came up to New York. We all met and, and talked about it and, you know, to see if we felt like we were all on the same page and could work together. And, 
you know, we were so happy with that conversation and, um, you know, really felt great about Chad and about Abingdon. And then as for casting, uh, it was a combination. You know, we offered some of the names. Some of the people are, you know, people that we know that we've worked with before. Um, Bart Chateau has actually been, I think, in every iteration of at least involved somehow with pretty much every single iteration of Divided from the very beginning, which I think was about 10 years ago. Um, and then some of the people were people Jim knew and some of the people were, you know, friends of Abingdon that they said, oh, we know these people. We love to work with them. So, yeah, we're very excited about everybody. Yeah, I, he but he has been on this show as well. He is a fantastic artist and performer. And this cast is people who have been on the show and they're fantastic artists and performers. Jim, when I look at your body of work, you know, the choreography with, you know, national tours, working with Lincoln Center on tour, doing all the shows that we know that are sweet charity and of course like legendary pieces of work. And then you sit down and you do a new work like this where, where it hasn't been maybe staged or or done in a way that many people have seen, like some of these classics. What is what is it? What is your process? Do you sit with the script? Do you do? You, are you someone who marks up the all the notes and you build blocking and ideas in your head? Is it creative when you're in the room with the artist? How do you work on a process as a director? Yeah, well, new musicals are my favorite thing to work on because you do get to create from literally a blank page, and you get to work with the writers that way. Um, my training always was through acting. And so storytelling, and uh, even when I was studying musical theater to be a performer, um, even when we were voice lessons or dance classes, it was always from the, the, the story. Like that was always the thing that all of our teachers kept coming back to. And so uh, that is, you know, when we did this workshop, uh, that the first time the three of us worked together on this, it was a two week workshop. And we spent the whole first week just at the tables doing table work, just reading through the script, talking about it. Uh, that's where all the, the ideas come from and the seed comes from is, you know, what, what is the story? How do we bring it to life? And something that's really cool about this story is that it, you know, it, it takes place in the Civil War, but it could be taking place today because we're still divided in the same exact ways by gender and class and race and physical location of where we live and education and you know, gender, like everything. We, we still divide ourselves the same way. And so it's a story of today. It just happens to be taking place there, but the music sounds contemporary and the, the story is so relevant to us as humans now. And so it's it's not really hard to you don't have to imagine a lot when you're working on a show like this like all this stuff is right there and even this week in rehearsals when we're talking about these stories with the actors and relating it to how it translates into today and you know some of the actors are like yeah i grew up in the slave south this is in my bones i 100 percent know this story it's like it's so real to everyone um and so yeah that that's the process and then you know when we take it to stage like then then we start moving and telling the story with our bodies that way but it really does start with the text well, if you want to follow Jim and his journey, uh, you know, go to Instagram as Jim Coney, N-Y-C-O-O-N-E-Y, if you're listening to us on the Broadway Podcast Network. Speaking of podcasts, if you want to class it up in your life and have a classy podcast, you can, you can definitely listen to Theater Life Uncensored with, with Jim. You know, big numbers, big classiness, not this trashy mess of a show. If you want the real scoop, go, go find Jim. Lu Lu <laughs> I have so many questions for Kristen and Luann because the idea that you are a mother and a daughter writing team, writing musicals, and you still will appear on screen together. You haven't blocked. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> 
I, you know, some some of us can't get through a holiday with our parents. Never mind a decade of writing a musical. When you're you're based in South Carolina, I am. Um, I wasn't always. That's fairly recent. Okay. So I like so that. I lived in New York. I lived in Boston. I lived in um, Seattle. So I, I'm a relative new South Carolina resident. Got it. And I, I love it. And you have, so you studied at, you know, the new school and Tufts, and you've done a little bit of everything that there is to do within theater as a producer, as a director, as an educator, and books and lyrics and writing shows that have gone on to be played all around the world, really. What, how did you start collaborating with your daughter? Whose idea was it? It was mine. I, I had, um, I had, I had turned 60, the ripe old age. And I said, okay, this is um, act three. What am I going to do? And I love musicals. I always have. I said, I'm going to write musicals. And Kristen's a brilliant composer. So I started with, I, there was a children's book that I used to read to my daughters that I always thought needed to be on the stage. And so I, you know, called Kristen and said, listen, what do you think we turn this into a musical? And she said, sure. <laughs> and that, that's all the convincing that it really took. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Rosenfeld Musicals is on Instagram and you could definitely follow them and, and keep up to speed on, on all of the writing. Kristen, you you got a phone call out of the blue. Mom says write a musical and you, you were already, when did music get introduced in your life? When did you start writing and composing music? I started writing when I was like seven years old. So um, my whole life. I mean, I, I started piano lessons as a kid. And pretty much as soon as I started playing the piano, I started trying to, you know, write music. And um, I think my first like composition, you know, that I wrote, which doesn't even deserve to be called a composition. But, you know, I had like a music teacher in elementary school who helped me make sheet music for it. And, um, you know, so I was probably like eight or nine at that point in time. And so, yeah, I always wrote music. I, I wrote songs that my high school choir sang, you know, all, all through middle school, high school, college, all of that. I was, I was writing um, both like incidental music for theater productions and uh, musicals. I mean, I wrote, I wrote a musical in high school that I, we had a reading of that I uh, knew a bunch of actors in Seattle, like through, through my mom and, and a drama program that she ran. And so we did a reading of this musical that I wrote when I was 16, you know? So anyway, I, I had been writing my whole life. And when she called me, it was when I was on tour with Spring Awakening. And so at that time, like, I had, I mean, you know, being on tour is busy, but you also have a pretty structured schedule. So I had free time, you know, I was doing shows at night. I was doing some understudy rehearsals, but I had time and I was like, okay, this is like a good time to do this. I have time to write. I didn't really have a, a collaborator who I had been consistent with at that point. And so, yeah, I said, sure, let's, let's go for it. And and go for it. You did well. A little bit about Kristen. Kristen, uh, you, you know, you you mentioned Spring Awakening going on the on the the first national tour. Band of Angels with with Coleman Domingo, who if you haven't seen him in Rustin, holy, he's great. He's amazing in it. 
he's amazing in it. Oh, I just got all my SAG screeners and I just finished watching it, even though it's on Netflix. Whoo! A story that you don't know that is is yeah. really he's bananas. Yes. And then I was sold on you, Kristen, that you you know you wrote and arranged music for Backstreet Boy Howie D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. As a Jersey boy of the '90s and 2000s, that's the coolest credit ever. That's it. He's super sweet. I had a great time working with him. <laughs> so this whole combination, this family affair, and Jim. Well, you're now a part of this. I'm a, I'm a son now too, pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah, I have daughters, and Jim has been adopted into the family. Well, welcome to the family, Jim. <laughs> and you know, Robert, if you want to be part of the family, you're adopted too. I'm in. I will take a weekend to come to to North Carolina anytime. And I picture a very, very elegant and I will I'll, I'll push my chair in and there'll be coasters and they'll, there won't be plates. You know, that is the kind of life that I envision. You got it. You you yeah. hit the nail on the head. <laughs> no coasters with the wine glasses. though. <laughs> So when I went on, um, and again, if you want information about the show, abbingtontheater.org, Abington Theater, there's a link on the bottom if you're listening to us. You can get your tickets uh, over at Chelsea Table and Stage. Like I said, there's not many, so grab them. When you have the intentions, Jim, when you put a show up and this is a one-night event, the goal is, are we Are you looking, are we going to get a full moment? Is Are we, we, we hoping and crossing our fingers and getting our money and getting our ducks in a row to kind of get this to be, to be a full fledged big on run production. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be amazing. And it's helpful having all these, you know, Broadway stars attached to it to help get the PR out. But honestly too, like just, you know, we had the pandemic where everything just kind of slowed down and I just happened to be in Hilton Head. And so Lloyd and I met for coffee and she's like, okay, Jim, what's our next step? Like, what are we going to do? Cause it was still like when everything was closed down and, we're just like, yeah, like thinking like, okay, who are the contacts we can reach out to? How can we get the show back up again? And so it's been amazing this week being in a rehearsal, hearing the music again. And it's like, ah, uh, like I feel like it's alive and moving forward finally uh, after having like these two and a half, three years of dormancy. So that that alone has been amazing. And then, yes, of course, we'd love for someone to see this. We have a lot of investors coming in uh, to the concert. So hopefully some of them will be interested in helping us take this to the next level, which would be like, actually a fully staged production production instead of doing these like readings and workshops and labs that we've been doing thus far. You know, Luann and, and Kristen, you've been, this, this story has been in your, your life for years now. And, and it's, I'm sure edited and played with and new things have been changed and all of that. How do you have the patience and persistence to stay I have such bad ADD that people ask me if I've ever written anything. No, because after I do it, I'm like, oh God, I don't ever want to see it again. How do you, Luann, how do you, you know, tinker and play with something and Kristen till, till you get it right? How do you have that patience and persistence to stay at it? I think it's when the story feels so important and you love the story and you love the characters. And it's true that while we haven't had the big production yet, every iteration that we've had has been so well received. I mean, people seem to love this story. I mean, it's got family, it's got drama, it's got love, it has loss. I mean, it has big themes. It's not a kitchen sink musical. It's it's a big show and I think the music is big and gorgeous and people love that. I mean, that's what draws people to the theater. So I think that helps feed it too. 
Um, but I think ultimately it's an important story. Yes. Kristen, she said your music is big and beautiful. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, it's uh, not only is it an important story, but it's a story that seems to be coming, be becoming more and more relevant instead of less and less relevant. You know, I, I mean, I think for me, it's like, it's really a story about, uh, you know, uh, finding your individual power when society is trying to put you in all of these boxes and saying, oh no, you know, you have to be like this and stay there. And you have to be like this and stay there. And you don't have a choice because you're like X and you don't have a choice because you're like Y. And you have this story about these two women who say, you know, women who say, you know, I'm not going to follow those rules. I'm going to find myself, you know, and make my own choices and live my own life as an individual. And I think that that's such an important thing today in our world, you know, to tell in the guise of something of a of an old time story, right? Because a lot of times I think that people can see much more clearly when something is not in your face. Oh, it's like today. Here we are right now. No, this is a story about, you know, back then, but it's not really a story about back then. And, and so, you know, because of that, because of the story, because of the characters, I, and, you know, I think we both have like so much of ourselves tied up in this, you know, I mean, for me, like this music is like, this is my soul. That's what I'm putting out there. And so it's hard to, you can't, I mean, you, you, sometimes you have to walk away from that and say, okay, well, you know, whatever, I'm going to leave that piece and do something else or whatever. But in this particular situation, I think, you know, you want to pursue that to, to every extent that you can to, to try to put that out there and tell those stories and share that, you know, and then as to your question of improving and changing, I mean, for me, if I hear it out loud, I will, 99% of the time want to change something. It, it's not, you know, it's not that it's not good enough. It's not what I wanted it to sound like, like we can still make it better. That could just be tweaked a little bit, you know? So as soon as you hear that thing, you go, eh, how can we make it better? And especially over such a long period of time, I mean, what I could hear 10 years ago is not what I can hear. To, I mean, I hope, <laughs> that, you know, that I've gotten better. I hope that I've gotten better in 10 years, you know, but I think there's always that, like, you can always make it better. The hard thing is to find the point at which you say, okay, we'll put it out there. It's like good enough, whatever that means. Yes. You know, it's funny. Um, I'm, I'm very good friends with Matt Gould, who Lampika's coming to Broadway in April. And Matt has been writing this show for 13 or 14 years. And I had said to him, you know, I've seen all the readings, I've seen all the workshops, I've seen it out of town, I've seen it and seen it and seen it. And I said, at what point do you let it go? Like, at what point do you, and he said, you, ne you never want to, you never feels ready to go. So I can only imagine how it feels and the nerves and angst. Jim, do you feel, they've spent years, decade on this story, Jim, now it's in your hands, Jim, you got to get it up there. Yeah, but I mean, even since we started, it's changed so much. I mean, the after the first week of working together, Luann rewrote the entire second act and Kristen had to compose new songs for it. So like we, we've we been through this process before of like, who are these characters? And, and even like the perspective of 
which which character's trajectory are we really following? I mean, it it's been exciting, and I feel like we get more and more the three of us, is, you know, get more and more clear. The more we work on it, the more we talk about it, the more we see actors interpret it and uh, get feedback from the different people we're working with. It's It's been really exciting. And um, one thing I'll just add to what Kristen was saying, she has such a diverse music background, which not a lot of composers necessarily do. And so in this show, there's so many different kinds of music. Like when you're with the Irish Catholic families, it, that music sounds very Irish. When you're with the Jewish families at the wedding, you, like the when you're at the church and the gospel music, like there's so many, so many different styles of music. And I think that's something that also makes the show exciting for audiences is they they go on this musical journey. Um, it's not like most musicals where it's just kind of one sound that you're hearing for the whole night. So that's that's something else that I feel like we keep developing as well and keeps it fresh. And as Kristen's adding new songs in, we're able to hear like different kinds of music. So it's really been exciting. Oh, that It sounds exciting. It, it sounds like such a fun night and I hope that you can get your tickets so you can see it before it becomes the next big thing. Luann, I have a controversial question for you. <laughs> Controversial. Ooh, I love that. Musical theater shows, Broadway, off-Broadway, tours, whatever, a lot of the times the story and the book gets a bad rep. You know, it's it's about the music. And a lot of reviews and a lot of musicals come out and they say, you love the song. The song is going to be a big hit song. Everyone's going to sing it in audition rooms at every community theater for eternity. But the story, but the story, but the story. How do you write the book? of a musical that encompasses the great music that that she's writing and the lyrics that, and that you're writing, but also the book is important and the story is well thought out and valuable. Well, I think that for us, it is a book musical and the book came before the music. So I, and I write the lyrics. So I actually write the lyrics before Kristen writes the music. And we talk about what the sound needs to be and what the feel needs to be. And then it'll go back and forth. It doesn't necessarily, you know, stay. Um, the, the first version is never what it sounds like. Or once in a while it is. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's not. So I think, I think that because the book and the lyrics drive the music, they're very integrated. And of course, I know that book writers get all the blame and none of the credit but since the composer's my daughter it's okay <laughs> Kristen when you get the lyrics on the on the sheet how was that collaboration with your mom about you know her words and fitting them into a song and, and, and making it all there's so many elements that have to be great to, for it all to, to come together well usually I mean if I sometimes I get her lyrics and I know exactly what it is and I sit down and I write it and it's like done in 15 minutes. I mean, not often, but sometimes. Uh, the Girl with the Light in Her Eyes, which is like the big 11 o'clock number, I read those lyrics, I sat down, I wrote the song like crying the entire time and then it was done and it has not changed very much since then. Mm -hmm. um, some other songs I'll look at and I'll go, what is this? Like, what's, and I always ask her, like, what is the feeling? Like, what do you want people to feel? What is the character feeling? What is the emotion behind it? Because to me, like, that's what mu music is about expressing what cannot be expressed in words. So you have the word component, which is great, but then you need to have the other thing that you can't explain 
in a there's just no words to explain it. But when you hear it, you will feel it. it and everybody will feel the same thing without anybody needing to say, this is what you're supposed to feel right now. So it's figuring out what that is. So a lot of times, you know, if she'll say, oh, it's supposed to feel like this and it's supposed to feel like that, then I can sit down with those lyrics and go, okay, this is what it is. And then, you know, so we'll do some back and forth. Sometimes she'll say, oh, okay, that chorus feels great, you know, but the verse maybe needs to feel a little bit more like this. And then I'll go back and, you know, do a new version of the verse and send it back to her, you know, that kind of stuff. So sometimes there's back and forth. And then sometimes I'll say, ah, like, I really can't figure out this bridge. Like, I, it doesn't feel right to me. And then she'll go back and say, okay, how about this version? You know, so there's back and forth and we'll both make changes like that. Ooh, I love it. I, I love it. I love the discipline and the teamwork and, and all of the, the magic. It's magic. It's magic to people to see, to see it all come together. Well, I'm excited. Broadway on the Bowery, the music of Divided is January 31st at seven o'clock, Chelsea Table and Stage. There's an all-star lineup of people. If you want to grab your tickets, go to abingtontheater.org. And if you are not able to be there, you better follow them and stay on top of where this show is going to go. And you could always support Abington through their seasons. Maybe the show will be next season on the main stage. Maybe the show will be some, who knows what's going to happen. So stay tuned. Luann, I'm, I will see you in North Carolina. with South Carolina. South, South Carolina. You get better. Yeah, come down to Hilton Head, honey. Oh, Hilton Head is, that's like bougie South Carolina. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it's Luann, have you met her? <laughs> okay, yes, that's like nice South Carolina. That is not, no shade, but like we used to go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hilton Head is not Myrtle. Myrtle Beach is like the Jersey Shore versus the Bahamas. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and get over and Jim will be following and listening to you. And Luann and Kristen will be will be listening and, and watching and, and ready for what's next. Congratulations! We're excited to see uh, to see all of the things yet to come. Yeah, thanks Thank for having us and getting the Thank word. Thank you up. so much, Robert. My pleasure. How great are they? I love supporting new art and new artists. And uh, you know, the idea to put a musical together is not easy, folks. Not easy. It takes a lot of time, money, effort, and energy. So, congrats to them. Kudos to them. And um, the Broadway Podcast Network, where I'm home, and the YouTube channel and all that fun stuff. You can find all the information about me at robertbannon.com. Follow me at Robert M. Bannon on Instagram and tell me what you think of the show, what you didn't like. I'm I'm a big, I could take it. You know, I'm not made of glass. Bring it. Bring it. And uh, stay up to date with all the things coming up uh, that we do on here on the Roundtable, where artists talk about art. It's always good to be here. It's always nice to be here. It's always nice to talk about new pieces of work and uh, support art today, no matter where you live, no matter if you're in South Carolina or if you're right here smack in New York City or LA, there's so much art and art out there to see. So support art today. Till next time, everybody, the best is yet to come. It's good to be here and I appreciate you so much for listening. Bye everyone.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 